Is Kingpin the new Thanos of the MCU? Welcome back to Nerdist News, my New Year's babies. I'm Kyle Anderson, and I'm made of real dairy, not oil and water like most Kyles. Today we're looking at the future of the MCU. I know, on Nerdist? Surely not. But here we are. Specifically, we're talking about how street-level Marvel shows will have their own big bat, and will have their own banner, Marvel Spotlight, which will be friendlier to casual fans. To discuss these things, we're going to be talking about shows and movies that have both not come out yet and been out for years, which we're going to assume you've seen or not seen. So just to cover our own butt like a thing from a thing joke, we're going to throw up a big ol' spoiler warning. Still here? Good. Still here? Good. Is there an echo in the building? Yes. Marvel Studios' Echo, starring Alakwa Cox, reintroduces the character we first met in Hawkeye as the enforcer for the tracksuit mafia under none other than Wilson Head Meat Cardor Fisk. We already know Kingpin, played once again by Vincent D'Onofrio, will feature prominently in the five-episode Echo series, and Charlie Cox's Daredevil will appear as well. Hi, Daredevil. Wilson Fisk officially joined the MCU in the Hawkeye series as well, while Matt Murdock had his first MCU appearance in a cameo in Spider-Man No Way Home as the best lawyer in the world. How did you just do that? I'm a really good lawyer. Then later he appeared in his yellow Daredevil garb in She-Hulk, also having a tryst with Jennifer Walters. Oh my God, did they hook up with that thing? <laughs> yes, take it down a notch, bug. But that has us thinking. Does this mean these characters will interact with the greater MCU? Larger cosmic threats at all? Well, according to Marvel Studios producer Brad Winderbaum, no. That's where Marvel Spotlight comes in. Marvel Spotlight is the new banner for shows and potentially movies that take place within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but don't necessarily connect to anything in the larger movie storyline. In an interview with ComicBook.com, Winderbaum explained, quote, it's kind of like the comics, in that there are certain stories that tie into the continuity and really play into the overall narrative, and there's other ones that are more standalone and are character-driven, like Echo is. Really what the Spotlight branding represents is an opportunity for people who are more casual fans who might not know what happened in the last Avengers movie to show up and kind of enjoy it on its own terms." Unquote. Winderbaum also positioned Spotlight to be much more grounded, character-driven stories, which, given Echo's TVMA rating, might be more akin to what the Marvel shows on Netflix used to be. Even more fun stuff, in an interview with Screen Rant, Winderbaum confirmed that, at least as far as he's concerned, the Netflix Daredevil show is on the sacred timeline, meaning the main continuity of the MCU. This is an expansion of Kevin Feige's earlier assertion that every Marvel show or movie throughout history is canon within the MCU, though in a different universe or branched timeline. Now we know Daredevil and Kingpin in the MCU aren't merely physically the same as the ones from Netflix, but those shows happen to them. We can therefore extrapolate that, since Daredevil and Kingpin crossed over with the other Marvel Netflix shows, like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, those are in MCU continuity as well, though they didn't explicitly state that. At any rate, Feige and company clearly recognize Daredevil as an important character for the MCU. The studio is in production on a follow-up show called Daredevil Born Again, which may have been in the works since well before Cox appeared in No Way Home. <clears throat> That's great. Thank you. It's gone into heavy reworking, and production halted during the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes last year. Still, the goal is for Daredevil to be a mainstay of Marvel Spotlight. Another factor to take into account here is what many have dubbed Marvel fatigue, owing to over a decade of movies all tying directly into each other in one way or another. So, you with me? It was, yeah. We were, we were at a... Are you actively napping? 
These culminated in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, the latter of which is currently the second highest grossing movie of all time. However, post-Endgame, the accusations of rudderlessness coupled with even more Marvel projects, both in theaters and on Disney+, led many to dub the current MCU too much to follow. Where did I lose you? Elevator in Switzerland. One of the hallmarks of comic book storytelling in the big two companies is that most books can exist on their own with no need to read anything else. And then a few times a year, there will be team-ups, crossovers, or eventually huge events that rock the entire continuity. With the MCU as it was for phases one through three, pretty much every individual movie led in some way to the next, or even three or four movies down the line. It became so much harder for people who don't live and breathe this stuff to stay on top of it. Look, I know it's been a crazy few years on this planet, but he's dead, right? Like, what if you never watched the Ant-Man movies? Would a huge part of Endgame even make sense? Kid! Hey, kid! What the hell happened here? The sheer output of the MCU from 2021 to now, plus the need for a few big movies to be reworked, reshot, or come out before or after their intended spot in the order, means we have stuff like Nick Fury in Secret Invasion and Nick Fury in the Marvels feeling like they've never even been to the same space station. Who's got my shoes? Not to mention all the many cliffhangers, teases, and post-credit scenes from Phase 4 that have never tied into anything. Where's Shang-Chi? Are Celestials a thing or not? So, Marvel Spotlight provides an opportunity for more standalone storytelling and the ability to pump the brakes on the churn. It will also give an opportunity to test out new things, characters, and styles, just like the comics. Marvel Spotlight was a comic anthology which put out a total of 44 issues between 1971 and 1981. It was a way for Marvel to test out some new characters in miniseries with the aim of giving them their own ongoing book. Werewolf by Night, Ghost Rider, Hellstrom, Moon Knight, and Spider-Woman all got their own series following their arcs in Marvel Spotlight. The Moon Knight TV series and the Werewolf by Night special on Disney Plus could easily be reclassified Marvel Spotlight going forward. Though it seems from Winderbaum's comments that they want to stay away from anything too supernatural. Supernatural. It's also possible Marvel Spotlight will have its own mini-continuity within the MCU. Winderbaum told Screen Rant that Kingpin would be the Thanos of those shows, explaining, As a chapter in Wilson Fisk's life, Echo is a crucial one and sets the stage in some remarkable ways for what's coming next. End quote. Honestly, Daredevil's three seasons on Netflix alone remain some of the best Marvel live-action stuff out there, so seeing those characters get their due is awesome. Plus, knowing that the MCU won't shy away from that kind of edginess on Disney+, and Hulu, is great to hear. That said, there is the risk of, like what happened to the Marvel Netflix shows, or especially ABC's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Marvel Spotlight shows, by not connecting too directly to the overall MCU plot, could be seen as unimportant or frivolous. Marvel will have to retrain the audience to enjoy standalone adventures after 16 years of forcing franchise storytelling to make it all integral. It'll be nice to sit down and watch something that requires no foreknowledge. <sighs> Remember television? What am I looking at? You, what is this? Where is this coming from? But tell us, what do you think? Is Marvel Spotlight the right move for the MCU's street-level characters? Is Wilson Fisk also inevitable Iron Man? And does this mean Iron Fist is also in the Sacred Timeline? Because, pass. I know. Let us know in the comments below. Thanks so much for watching, and hey, why not subscribe to Laser Focus, the weekly pop culture deep dive podcast that I host. It's good times. Get it wherever you get your podcast. For everything else in the world of pop culture, keep it glued to Nerdist.com.